0: the Lord. Somebody say minister to the Lord. Let it be said that it's an instruction that the preacher is giving you. Okay? Minister to the Lord. Tell me to ask chapter 13. Ask 13 from verse 1 into 2. The Bible says, now in the church that was at Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers and the Bible began to mention some names. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger. Niger means black. Lucius of Cyrene. Manain, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. The verse 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Somebody say amen. Isn't that wonderful? There were prophets and teachers in the church called Antioch. And the Bible says, as they it was not just one person ministering, it was a collective effort, like we have come together like this. Okay? As they ministered. the Lord and fasted the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit said. In other words as a minister to the Lord the Lord ministered to them. Somebody say as a minister to the Lord the Lord ministered to them and that is a very key revelation you must keep at the back of your mind as we go on. Many of us have sought ministration from God. We would want God to minister to us direction. We would want God to minister to us instruction. We would want God to minister to us his word. We would want God to minister to us healing, deliverance or breakthrough or what have you. Listen, we will learn from today's message that many times God does not impose himself on us. Many times God does not infiltrate in our camp. He does not just come just because he wants to come. He comes when we draw near to him And then he draws near to us. Hallelujah. When we learn to minister to the Lord, I tell you, he will minister back to you. Somebody say, Amen. All right. So there are some five questions I would want us to answer today. Five questions. The question is, what does it mean to minister to the Lord? Number two, why must we minister to the Lord? Number three, how? Do we minister to the Lord? Number four, when should I minister to the Lord? And then number five, remember we said they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So the question is, why fasting? Hallelujah. And I hope for those of us who are here for the first time, by the grace of God, today, the 12th of August, 2018, we have begun a 21-day fast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah it is an opportunity for us to set ourselves apart and then as we learn how to minister to the Lord, within these 21 days until the 1st of September 2018, we believe that many wonderful things from the Lord will be ministered back to us. If you believe that, shout Amen. Amen. Shout a bigger amen. Amen. All right. so to answer the first question, what does it mean to minister to the Lord? The Greek word translated ministered. The Bible says as they ministered to the Lord. The Greek word translated ministered is that word that means to serve Christ, whether by prayer or worship. Someone said to serve Christ, whether by prayer or worship. Did you hear that? Listen, a lot of People, especially in the European world, pardon me whenever I use Europe as an example because Europe brought the gospel to Africa. The founding fathers of Christianity, the true gospel from Europe, knew that their breakthrough, their blessing, their increase, whatever came from the Lord. Unfortunately for the those who have inherited the founding fathers they don't know anything about how the founding fathers began the founding fathers have laid a good foundation by you know teaching the true gospel putting as a foundation the true gospel here comes another generation who feel that well we have all the blessing that came from the founding fathers they breakthrough, the technology they increase the manufacturing industries so we don't need god they believe that If you are to pray, it means that you are praying to God because you need one thing or the other. Listen, child of God, prayer is not primarily for asking things. Prayer is for fellowship. Some say fellowship. Prayer is for communion. Prayer is an opportunity for us to minister to the Lord. If you are the kind who think that the reason why we pray is so that I will ask things and therefore I don't need anything and therefore I don't need to pray, you are wrong prayer is an opportunity given to us by god for us to involve god in our affairs i said from the beginning that god will not interfere with our affairs he is in his own world and we are this is man's world i hope you know that so long as you have flesh and blood and you live on this earth this is man's world. demons are not permitted in this world because before you can operate in this world you must have a body and demons are disembodied beings that is why jesus said when you find them cast them out because they don't belong here are you there i hope you are listening so what i'm trying to say is that in man's world god will not intervene or impose himself or just interfere just because he created the heavens and the earth he has handed over this world to man it matters what you do with this world however we know that because of the fall there are so many limitations that go against man. There are so many negative things that go against man because evil is in this world. And therefore, for man to thrive and flourish, not just survive. Some people live just to survive. Don't survive in this world. You must thrive and flourish in the midst of all the evil. For you to do that, you must involve God. Tell your neighbor, involve God. And one way to involve God is to pray, to call unto him. He says, call unto me and I will answer. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. So prayer is... The primary reason for prayer is so that we will minister to the Lord. So I said to minister is to serve Christ, whether by prayer or worship. Hallelujah. Okay, another definition. Let's read First Peter chapter 2. I want to give you another definition of what it means to minister to the Lord. First Peter 2, verse 5. Peter writing tells us that you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ somebody say amen i like the king james version of this particular verse the king james is that you also as lively stones or living stones are built up the king james didn't say are being built up are built up say i am built up as a house like look at that as a local assembly ipr we are a house built up as what a spiritual house mind you the house under the old covenant was a physical house it was a natural house for god or to god we gather like this he sees us as a spiritual house are you there this is not just a social gathering. It's not social gathering. It's a spiritual house. To do what? Is it a, a spiritual house? A holy priesthood. Do you know? Under the old covenant, the priest had a responsibility of offering sacrifices. I hope you know that the responsibility of the priest were to offer sacrifices, sacrifices. And God says that as a house, we are when we gather together like this in the name of Jesus. We are not. It is not. Just a gathering. It is a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. Look at the name. He calls that holy priesthood. To do what? To offer up. Somebody say to offer up. Spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God. There are some sacrifices that are not acceptable to God. And we will see one or two of them as we go on. But God says that as a spiritual house. He expects us. That is why a child of God who does not pray, who does not worship, who does not praise God, you are you are not fulfilling your priestly role. You may wonder why some things are not coming your way. You think life happens by chance? No. The Bible says if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves back to the earth. It is what we pour up there that comes back to us. Are you there? We are a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ meaning that you cannot do it outside of Jesus Christ anybody who said he is offering a sacrifice to God without having a relationship with Jesus is a liar, he is only pretending he is only operating under some old covenant somewhere which has been abolished when Jesus Christ died now, the new priesthood, this is a new priesthood we are not in the priesthood of Aaron this is a priesthood in the lineage of Christ He is the high priest. And as a high priest, he receives our spiritual sacrifices. And we're going to find out very soon what constitutes this spiritual sacrifice. Are you there? So I said here that to minister to the Lord, apart from the first definition I've given you, which is to serve Christ, whether by prayer or worship, secondly, to minister to the Lord is to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Say to offer up, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ now i stress on the word up for a reason there's a difference between ministering to the congregation and then ministering to the lord i know that there are musicians there are minstrels whose job is to minister just like right now i am ministering the word there are those who also minister in melody it is the same word, just that they have put it in melody, so they are ministering to the people. But can I say that you cannot be an effective minstrel, an effective music minister to minister to people? You cannot be effective in that vein if you do not learn to first and foremost minister to the Lord. Unless you are doing it as a as a profession, you are doing it as a as a game, or you are doing it, you know, for money. Then you can just anything together and go and say you are singing but when it comes to ministering to people you must first and foremost learn to minister to the Lord to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ then when God ministers back to you you have what it takes to now minister to people hallelujah am I talking to the minstrels hallelujah am I talking to you yeah so those who become musicians one day those who would want to stand on platform and minister to people you must first and foremost learn to minister to the Lord, have you have you gotten the definition of what it means to minister to the Lord? Can I go on? All right, so let's go on to the next question. Why minister to the Lord? Somebody may ask, Why? Okay, did you see in the verse 2 Bible says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, How does the Holy Spirit speak? He speaks through us is that also now means that amongst the prophets and the teachers who were gathered in the church of antioch one of them was used by the holy spirit to to communicate a message and this was the first time some people were separated from the church on a missionary journey apostolic assignment and this was paul and barnabas hallelujah it was while they were ministering to the lord the holy spirit also ministered to them by speaking through one of them this give you a picture that when we minister to the Lord, the Holy Spirit gains room. He gains the avenue to use anybody, including the minister or anybody in the congregation, to minister back to us. Hallelujah. I pray that when we gather together as a spiritual house, we will be so flexible in the hands of God that when we are ministering at any given time, at any given time when God wants to use you to minister to us, you avail yourself. Are you there? All right. So I wrote down something here. I said, as we minister to the Lord, he responds by ministering back to us. Never forget that. I said, God does not intervene in our situation if we choose to do without him. No, if man says I don't need God, he will never intervene. Some people have questioned why is it that if God were existing, if there was any God, why is it that there's trouble everywhere? Who told you that God just intervenes him? In? This is man's world. God has his world, his world is a perfect world. When the first rebellion took place, when Lucifer rebelled with the one-third of the angels, God didn't take chances. He asked Michael and his angels to boot all of them out of heaven. So in heaven, there is no chaos, everything is in order. Unfortunately. The first Adam allowed this same Lucifer to intrude in his world and ever since, there has been evil in this world. And God, thank God, he brought his son Jesus Christ, who paid the ultimate price and has given us the authority to rule in the name of Jesus. But if you do not involve God by calling on him, by ministering to him, God has not intervene. So don't say that if there, if God exists, why is it that there is trouble? Oh, this is not God's world, this is man's world. Hallelujah. I said, God does not intervene in our situation if we choose to do without him. He does not impose himself on us. Say, God does not impose himself on us. Look at what James 4, 8 says. James 4, 8 says that draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In other words, he responds to the one who reaches out to him. Say, God responds to the one who reaches out to him. Have you found James 4 8. He says, Draw near to him. Je- Let me read it. Let me not paraphrase it. James 4, verse 8. He says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So, have you wondered why is God so far away? Could it not be because you have also chosen to be far away? Am I talking to congregation of IPR? I said, Maybe you maybe ask yourself, it seems God is far away, probably you also are far away that is why god seems to be far away he says draw near to god and he will draw near to you have you seen that god has not imposed himself on us he does not just intervene just because he wants to no if you look we are the only creation of god the creature of god that has the moral right to say i choose to serve god i do not serve god we 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 are the only creation of god that have that uh, what do you call it um, that ability it is called the soul the soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Man can exercise his will for or against God. Man can choose to say, I don't need God. And God will not, God will not say, No, 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 I created you, you need me. No, that's your choice. But mind you, every choice has its consequence. Hallelujah. All right. So I said, one way by which we draw near to God is by ministering to Him. He says draw near to me and I will draw near to you. One way by which we do that is by ministering to him. And I've already told you what ministering to God is. I said what to serve Christ by I and mean, whether by prayer or worship. That is to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Have you gotten the reason why we must minister to the Lord? Please have you gotten? Can I go to the next question? The next question is how to minister to the Lord. Because we have seen in Acts Chapter 13, the verse 2, that as they minister to the Lord. So the question is, how do we minister to the Lord? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Don't forget that we are built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Have that at the back of your mind as we read Hebrews 13, the verse 15. Okay. I read. Therefore, by him, by who? By Jesus Christ. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lives, giving thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Well, that is the meaning of that verse, but I I wish to read it in the King James. For whatever reason, I prefer the arrangement in the King James Bible. So let me just read Hebrews 13 verse 15 from King James. He says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Did you see where the word continually appeared? Here, he is emphasizing on the word continually. But the new King James says, therefore, let us by by him, let us continually offer. It is the same, but it, it mildens the import. When you read it in the new King James, the King James says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our leaves. Giving thanks to his name. Someone said the fruit of my leaves. Hey, so your fruit, your, your leaves have some fruit. That is what? Thanksgiving. Under the old covenant, they used to offer physical fruits. They used to offer animals. They used to offer incense. Bible is telling us that as a spiritual house, holy priesthood we don't need all those sacrifices we don't need any incense we don't need any animal we don't need any fruit what God requires of us as a spiritual house is to offer to God continually the fruit of our lives and he told us what the fruit of our lives is giving thanks to his name so if a child of God lives a life without thanking God we take life for granted do you think that it was by chance that you woke up and you are still breathing some are on oxygen as we are talking right now. And every minute counts as far as the cost of the supply of oxygen in the hospital. Let's go say. Say, I choose to give thanks to God. He says, in everything. In how many things? Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you or concerning you. In everything. Learn to live a life of thanksgiving. Learn to say, Father, I thank you. He didn't say for everything don't say father i thank you for this accident no you are saying father i thank you that even in the midst of the accident is working together for my good there's a difference between in everything and for everything we are not thanking him for the evil but we are thanking we are thanking him that in the midst of the evil is working together for our good somebody say amen so therefore by him Let us continually, so we say continually, don't do it once upon a time, don't do it when you feel like it, don't do it when things are good. Continually means good time, bad time, on the mountaintop, in the valley, in the water, in the fire, continually. Therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. It's not just singing, those of us who have taken praise time for granted, worship time for granted, prayer time for granted, we don't just come and pray and sing. It is our priestly responsibility to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God. I hope you remember I've been saying in this house that when I was young and they were teaching us in Sunday school, anytime they tell me, do something, I always want to find out why. If you tell me, for instance, Mr. Watson has always been Encouraging us, you must come early. You must come early. I will ask if I were in that class, I will ask you why must I come early? And there's a reason hallelujah. There's a reason. I just want to do something based on a revelation. With that, it is not somebody coercing me or pushing me. I do it because I have the conviction. I do it because I had the revelation. I do it because I have the understanding. I know that as a holy priesthood, we are supposed to offer sacrifice unto God, whether by prayer or by worship. Meaning that as a priest, I don't have to skip prayer time. That's the reason why I must come to church 9 because we start at 9. Because it's my priestly responsibility. And when it's praise and worship time, I don't have to now sit and watch them or let them finish I'm waiting for the word. No, it's my priestly responsibility. I offer praise, I offer worship. Have you gotten the reason why we, we, we come to church early? So from next week, nobody will come to church late. Put your hands together to the Lord. I'm telling you. Oh, glory. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Let me show you a scripture. We are still dealing with how to minister to the Lord. Ephesians 5. Let me read 18 into 20. All right. Verse 18 says, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19 says, speaking to one another. I told you that the phrase one another here doesn't communicate the real import. The King James says, speaking to yourselves. In other words, I, I speak to myself. You, speak to yourself. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart. To who? To who? To the Lord. We are dealing with minister to the Lord. Okay. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Do you know or do you remember when we taught on baptism in the Holy Spirit? We read this particular scripture. You can go back to it on YouTube. Receive uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then we said in that message that the Holy Spirit when a child of God is born again and he receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. But it doesn't mean that he has filled you up. The Holy Spirit comes to join himself with your spirit. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Yet, it doesn't mean that he has taken over your soul. But when we are filled with the spirit, he takes over your mind, your will, and your emotions until he flows through you as rivers of living water. So, this scripture is very revealing in the sense that scripture is telling us in ephesians 5 from 18 that do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit and then there's a comma in the new king james meaning that the next line explains how to be filled with the spirit is that right verse 19 says speaking to yourselves let me use the word yourselves from the king james speaking to yourselves in psalms so the in ministry to the lord there's a place for speaking to yourself in psalms i hope you know psalms the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i shall dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever the Bible says, as you are doing that, the Spirit of God fills you up. He does what? He fills you up from within. I told you that the Holy Spirit doesn't fill us up from outside. Anybody who tells you that fasting opens the door for the Holy Spirit to enter, he is misleading you because in doing that, you will be you will be opening the door for another spirit to enter. You must have received the Holy Spirit first and foremost. So, in speaking to yourself in Psalms, the one who is on the inside now fills you up. Hallelujah. All right, so the next line says, What speak it to yourselves in Psalms and hymns? I hope you know hymns. Which hymn do you love most? Speak to yourself that hymn. Oh, for a thousand times to sing my great redeemer's praise. Hallelujah. You speak to yourself in Psalms and hymns, you can sing it, you can speak it. Here he's talking about speaking there are times where we speak the hymns there are times where we, we sing them and can it be that I should gain mine? you know that song and can it be that I should gain an interest in that saviour's blood died he for me cause, he's, he's praying for me, who to die, Amazing love, I'm I'm amazing i love. love. I'm I'm love. love. I'm I'm being. Being. in your heart sing and make melody don't allow let me tell you something please you can you can just take your seat let me tell you something what a lot of us don't know is that in our warfare in our christian warfare in our fight of faith the enemy targets one thing your joy Somebody say your joy say my joy the enemy knows that the bible says in isaiah that with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation you know we are born again and we are wells of salvation have you seen a well before you take a receptacle and you fetch from the well. they are waters in the wells of salvation but you don't have any other receptacle apart from joy someone say joy with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation and then Nehemiah also says the joy of the Lord is your strength so when the enemy wants to finish you what he targets is that look he knows that there is a difference between happiness and joy happiness is dependent on external circumstance joy is in it, it's inborn, it's right on the inside regardless of your external circumstance but if you don't know the difference he will tell you that look at you, you don't have money you don't have anything and he's just targeting at your joy he will deflate your joy And once your joy is gone, brother, there's no strength. Even to say, Amen, you have to struggle and say, Amen. Because there's no joy. So I refuse to let the enemy touch my joy. Do you know, Satan could touch everything about Job. I'm telling you, he touched everything. But I like the confession of Job. Job said, though he slays me, yet will I praise him. Meaning his joy was not affected. That's why the man came back. see your comeback hallelujah whatever the enemy has told him he's going to restore sevenfold in the name of jesus christ say i'm coming back i'm coming back it doesn't matter what the enemy has told him i'm coming back i like it when the the prodigal the prodigal son said i will arise and go back to my father somebody you are rising hallelujah glory be to god thank you so let's finish Ephesians 5 I'll show you some things he says singing and making mentally in your heart to the Lord that's when he says giving thanks always for all things here he used for all things but in a, in a, in 1st Thessalonians he says in everything he said giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that is how to minister to the lord so let me tell you something if this is the same way by which we get filled to the spirit then let me tell you what i wrote down here i said that meaning as we minister to the lord the holy spirit fills us up from within did you get that he feels us as you minister to the lord he ministers to you back he fills you up from within then i said no wonder as they minister to the lord the holy spirit spoke because what fills you up i even wrote it down here i said what. What fills you up comes out through your lips. Is it not true? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, when you are ministering to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is on the inside. He fills you up. And as he fills you up and begins to flow through your lips, boy, realize somebody is prophesying. Like somebody has a revelation. Somebody has a, hymn, has a hymn, has a psalm. That is what church is supposed to be like. Hallelujah. I see God raise prophetic ministers in our midst. Who will speak by the inspiration of God as we minister to the Lord, the Lord will speak through somebody hallelujah! Let it be, let it happen, and let nobody stop anybody hallelujah! Glory be to God! All right, let me read Psalm 141. We are still dealing with how to minister to the Lord. Psalm 141 This is David. There is something about the man David. i say something david was the only king god had in mind take note. david was the only king god had in mind in the sense that he was supposed to be a type of the christ to come as a conquering king you know when christ is coming back to the earth when we are coming back with him to the earth he will come as a conqueror not as a lamb this time he's coming as a lion the lion of the tribe of judah he is coming as a conqueror to the understand that even the, the, the sword that proceeds out of his mouth will, will finish the God's nations. Think about it. He is not coming as a lamb. He is coming as a fierce warrior. And David, under the old covenant, was supposed to be a type of that Christ to come. Unfortunately for Israel, they did not wait for that time. They looked around them and saw that ah, all the nations are kings. And then God alone is the king. Of, I mean, they are king, and they had judges and prophets. So they went to Samuel and said, We too we want a king like the other nations we want a king, we want a king. And they pressurized God. So, that God said, Okay, if they want a king, give them a king. Listen, it matters what you pressurize God for. And God gave them a king, but not according. Look at where uh, Saul came from. Saul was not from the tribe of Judah. The Bible says, The settlers shall not depart from Judah. Not the Lord from between his feet until Silo comes and unto whom shall the gathering of the people be what does that mean? in other words, the, 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 the kingship was of the tribe of Judah but when they pressurized God, God gave them a king from the tribe of Benjamin and yet of the tribe of Benjamin, nothing was said about kingship so that tells you that Saul was of the flesh they requested something from the flesh and God gave them their request it matters what you ask God for. If you are the type say, God, I want a second wife, a second wife, a second wife. That's of the flesh. David, because he was the only king God had in mind, even to the extent that when you read Matthew chapter 1, okay, when God was giving the genealogy, they mentioned all kinds of kings. When they came to David, they said, David the King. <laughs> to the extent that when Christ shall come, he shall sit upon the throne of David in, in literal, natural Jerusalem. The throne of David is where Christ will sit on, where we shall make our headquarters. David the King. Hallelujah regardless of how the man messed up so many times that was the king that God had in mind and so he was the only king I brought all this story to tell you that David was the only king who had the ability as a king to also enter the office of the priest any other priest who attempted to look at Uzziah in chronicles when Uzziah entered the office of the priesthood to offer sacrifice he was smitten by leprosy but David could enter the, 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 the priest office and take bread and eat. And nothing happened to him. Because he was a king priest. As a type of the New Testament king, king priest. We are the royal priesthood. Are you there? God Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 that Christ has made us kings and priests unto God. David had the office of a prophet. The office of a king. And then the office of a priest. He was the only person. So as a priest, he had this new testament revelation read the psalms of david you will discover that he had this kind of new testament insight the things we do now david had all those kind of insights and he wrote them down for this generation hallelujah one of them is psalm 141 turn with me to psalm 141 let me show you psalm 141 verse 2 look at david david said let my prayer be set before you as incense he said the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice hallelujah did you hear that David by revelation was saying that a day will come when they wouldn't need the priests; will not need incense again the, the day will come when the ultimate sacrifice has been made this is Jesus Christ who died as the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world when the ultimate sacrifice has been done man wouldn't need to offer any sacrifice again whether it's fruits or his animals or burning of incense or burning of any, any uh, what do you call it? spice spices for that matter so can I say from this house this is knowledge that we must receive that if anybody tells you that you must if, if you want your prayer to ascend to God you must burn some candle and burn some incense or put some lamp somewhere or put some, some garment somewhere or smell some pain hey it's evil it has been abolished under the law in Christ Jesus he says let my prayer be set before you as incense so in Christ when we are praying that is incense before God did you hear that is why i'm I'm giving you another reason why you must not skip prayer time don't say that oh the prayer warriors will pray or the the disciples will pray no when we are as ministers minister to the lord when we are praying we are offering incense before god let my prayer be set before you as incense and the lifting up of my hands has the evening sacrifice? There was something called the evening sacrifice, which God could not turn his his back towards. Any time they offered the evening sacrifice under the old covenant, it smelled in the in nostrils of God as good. That, have you seen why? I keep on saying that. Lift up, you know, your hands. There's a reason. There's a spiritual reason. Even Paul, the apostle, spoke about it. Let me show you. Let me show you in First Timothy chapter two, verse eight. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 he says I desire the King James says I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting did you see how God calls our hands God calls our hands what? holy hands so if God calls your hands holy hands don't use it for unholy purpose can I say that again? this is our picture in the album he is telling you that your hands are holy why because he has made you holy in christ jesus so if god sees your hands as holy how dare you use those holy hands to do unholy things say i repent from dead works praise the lord all right will therefore the men pray everywhere lifting up hands without wrath the word wrath by implication means that the Greek word actually means that without seeing it as a punishment when we say lift up your hands it's not a punishment there is a spiritual connotation there's a spiritual significance when we lift up our hands according to Psalm 141 verse 2 David says it is like incense before God the evening sacrifice let my prayer be set before you as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice so I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere. The new King James says, the men. So he was making it specifically as if to exclude the women. So I like the King James. The King James says, men, pray everywhere. And I told you that man is not different from woman. The difference is that one has a womb. One doesn't have a womb. It is womb man, the man with the womb. But we are both men, but one has a womb. It's like female and male. One has a fetus, so female, the male with the fetus. In Christ Jesus there is neither male nor female put your hands together to the Lord oh glory okay so let me read some things that I've written down here i said prayer is what incense before god the lifting up of our hands is evening sacrifice so don't mix the two don't say that let me combine what they used to do under the old covenant with this one no you are wrong the revelation was given to us by uh what's the name David, he said, let my prayer be set before you as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And then Paul picked that revelation and said I will. That men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, without doubting. In other words, don't doubt. There is a spiritual connection. Whenever we lift up our hands, we connect the heavens to the earth. There's something about the lifting up of our hands. When we are ministering to the Lord, as you are singing, you lift up your hands. Don't doubt it. Don't say, oh, why, why are they punishing me? Let my hands out. No, lift your hands glory be to God look at it I said remember to minister to the Lord is to offer spirit to offer up take note of the word to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus or through Jesus Christ so I said we don't offer incense or even sacrifice as they did under the old covenant we are now built up as a spiritual house holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ then i said incense is no longer acceptable to god i know i'm stepping on some toes but i must do it because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free incense is no longer acceptable to god in Christ, we are a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifice, not physical sacrifice. Under the old covenant, they offer physical sacrifice. But in Christ, it is a spiritual sacrifice, so you don't need incense. Your prayer is incense before God. The lifting up of your hands is the evening sacrifice. But our prayer is set before God as incense. Then I said the evening sacrifice, is under, the, the, the evening sacrifice under the old covenant is no longer acceptable to God. But when we lift up our hands to God, that is the evening sacrifice. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Have you understood how to minister to the Lord? So as we as we minister, as we sing, you lift up your hands, you tell him how much you love him. So we lift up holy hands. I'm telling you, in one accord, singing desert Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we lift up holy, so so holy, holy yes. hands. So we lift up holy hands. We are all singing. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. so we go to the next question. When must we minister to the Lord? Who, who can guess the answer? Or oh, you are sure of the answer? When? So you did I like that. Somebody say always. I think we saw it in, in Hebrews 13:15. Is that right? What did he say? Let us always is that what he said? Hebrews 13:15. Go back there. He says, What? Therefore, by him, let us continually Some say continually. Offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lives. Giving thanks to his name. And of course, Bible tells us praying always with all, supplic- um, all prayers and supplication in the spirit. So always. Some say always. No wonder in Psalm 34 verse 1, the psalmist, this same David, said, I will bless the Lord. How? How many times? At all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. See, I will bless the Lord at all times in good times in hard times in bad times in devastating times I will still bless the Lord I told you Job Job said something you see it was not the Lord who was slaying Job but Job at his time the book of Job is, is said to be the oldest book ever written okay the oldest book and Job at the time didn't have the revelation of Satan all he knew was God so whatever happened to him whether good or bad he said the lord has given and the lord has taken away do you know what he said said blessed be his holy name to job it was the lord who took away because that's the only thing that he knew then he said "Though he slays me yet will i praise him to job it was god who was slaying him but he didn't know that somebody had sought permission from god to test him satan could touch everything about Job, but because his joy was not affected everything Came back. What am I saying? If you can allow your joy not to be affected, and you will bless the Lord at all times. I told you before that the storms that come against us, believers, spiritual house, is the same storm that come against the unbelievers. And oftentimes, because we live amongst them or with them in this world, when you see them going down, you are likely also to say, that, "Hey, we are all going down." No it's not true. Bible says when men are cast down you shall say there is a lifting up. Because as we minister to the Lord we have discovered that we get filled up with the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Do you know why a child of God must not live without being filled with the Spirit? Because when you are filled with the Spirit the storm that was meant to drown you you will find yourself floating on top of it. The same storm that was meant to bring you down you will use it as a chariot to ride higher. Now no wonder Romans 8, and we know that what Romans 8 it says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose When you fill balloon with air what happens And you want to drown that balloon can it drown Can it go under Why because the density of air is lower or smaller than the density of water So well, and, and the law of flotation, I give in this law of flotation. Says that anything that has a lighter density will float on the one that is a, has a heavier density. Likewise, spiritually, do you know what God does when we minister to the Lord and the Holy Spirit fills us up? He gives us a density that is lower than the density of our trouble. So the trouble that was meant to drown you, you will find yourself floating on top of the trouble. Say, I float on top of my trouble oh i'm telling you this is a spiritual spiritual scientific knowledge i'm telling you oh yes that's my revelation i got i got to understand from scripture that oh so this is the reason why we must be filled with the spirit continually because once you are filled you have a density that is lighter than your trouble so that trouble that was meant to drown you you find yourself using as a chariot you are going places going places Say, i'm going places Go when you can look at the devil i bought to i was a devil it doesn't matter what you throw against me you can do your worst but my god will do his best hallelujah Oh, yesterday i found myself singing some songs and i was shedding tears i was driving i was shedding tears i was oh god i love you i'm telling you okay can we go to the next question the next question is why fasting because as they minister as they minister to the lord and fasted so why fasting somebody may ask why fasting let me be very brief about that because in the next three weeks we'll be talking more about fasting but let me just give you an introduction. Why fasting? Mind you, to fast means to abstain. The Greek word translated "fasted" is the Greek word which means to abstain from food. Some say abstain from food. What is food? <laughs> Somebody say food is a jelly. If you are in a class that they asked the question, they will give you negative 1 over 20. I'm telling you. Who did you are bomb! Oh my God. Fasting is to abstain from food. And food is that which has calories. I hope you know calories. That which, you know, when it burns, it gives energy and warmth. And I hope you know that food, uh, what's the name, water, doesn't have calories. Does water have calories? So that is why in fasting, you can take water. After all, about 70% of the body weight is made up of water. So if you are the type who is fasting and fasting, like some of us, when I fast with water, I don't I don't I don't feel the balance. But it's dangerous to go dry without water because when you put your body out of balance, what happens is that you now bring in equilibrium, You know, there must be equilibrium between your spirit, soul, and body. Now your body is out of balance, so you can bring something else into your body system. Hallelujah. Learn how to take care of your body whilst we are fasting. You can take water. Hallelujah. But more spiritually, let me explain why fasting. Let me give you the spiritual significance. Psalm 35, verse 13, David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. Some say, I humbled my soul with fasting. Why the soul? You may ask. Why the soul? We said the soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Never forget this child of God that the flesh, this body, has always sought to lead the way ever since the fall of man. This flesh, according to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three. The Bible talks about And I pray that your whole spirit and soul And body be preserved blameless Unto the coming of the Lord So as far as God's order Of arrangement of our personality is concerned It is spirit, soul and body But ever since the fall This flesh has always sought to reverse the order The flesh wants to lead the way The flesh wants to take over And child of God when your flesh takes over Ha 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 You will be shocked that hey is it me That is misbehaving like that do you know why? It's because your flesh took over. You gave the flesh the lead. Paul said, In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Jesus said, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. So, if Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone. He didn't say, Man shall not live by bread at all. So don't say that. He said we should fast, so I'm not going to live by bread at all. There will come a time when we need food. When Jesus finished his fasting after forty days and forty nights, the Bible says he was hungry. Bible never said he was thirsty. That presupposes that he must have been taking water. I may be wrong, I may be right, but I'm just giving, you know, my interpretation of he was hungry. I think that if you have gone without food and water for a long time, the first thing you look for is what is what is water. So if Bible said he was hungry, and never said he was thirsty. After all, when he was on the cross, we heard him saying that I am thirsty. That was just for three hours. Of course, the previous night was the last meal that they had. You remember he gave food to to them. And then Judas, Satan entered Judas and he betrayed him. And since that time, till the next day, he had no eating, no water, no food. So it was okay. And he had been bleeding, so it was okay to be thirsty. But while he was thirsty, he said, I thirst. But in, in the gospel account of his fast, Bible never said that he was thirsty. But rather he was hungry. That was when satan came and started tempting him if you are the son of man turn this stone to bread hallelujah why am i saying so i'm saying so because it's okay if you have to be taking water from time to time during this period of fasting some may do it from six to four, is even almost 12 so if he says six to eight i don't know whether anybody has eaten <laughs> and i'm not going to check because i'll not make myself a spiritual thermometer hallelujah let me read quickly what I've written down here so that we can we can move to the next level. I said, The flesh has always sought to lead the way ever since the fall of man. God created man a spirit, gave him a soul, and put him in a body. The order of God is spirit, soul, and body. But ever since the fall, man has reversed the order. The flesh seeks to lead the way, and when the soul yields to the flesh, your spirit becomes a slave. The flesh seeks to lead the way, and when your soul... Yes, to the dictates of the flesh you see the flesh is enticing you do this do that and then the soul which is your mind your will and your emotions when it follows the flesh then you make your spirit which is the leader a slave so your spirit is now led in the wrong direction say I, sh- I refuse to be a slave to sin hallelujah and I said, fasting humbles the soul. Psalm 35, verse 13. David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. Fasting humbles the soul. It makes the soul submit to your spirit. Did you see that? The reason why we fast is so that your mind, your will, and your emotions will now yield to your spirit. Having to realize that when you're the type of who is always eating, 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 eating. I'm telling you, oftentimes, your flesh takes over because you have empowered the flesh, Oh man, that anything, That the flesh says, your mind goes there. Your will goes there. Your emotions go there. But when you now abstain from food, you have denied the flesh, its cravings. And therefore, fasting now humbles the soul, brings the soul to submit to your spirit. Then I said here, and once your soul submits to your spirit, your flesh will follow in that order or in that direction. Today, from today till 1st of September, your flesh will no longer have the advantage. Glory be to God. I said, so when the flesh gains the lead, it becomes an interference. Do you know interference? Have you known radio waves? Radio signals? Where there's an interference? I think when we were doing praise and worship, there was some interference. We so said that the thing that you're supposed to hear, you can't hear it clearly. When the flesh... The a lead it becomes an interference you cannot hear from God you cannot pick prophetic signals mind you your spirit our spirit acts as a prophetic antenna according to First Corinthians 2 11 it says that what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him so it's our spirit that knows say my spirit knows how do you know that this is the right man for you to marry you know how do you know that it's the right woman for you to marry? You know there is a click. There is a connection. So it's a connection. I don't know who now. now your muscles, zoom. You just know that. Mm. Unwine, unwine. This is the one. I like your smile. It means that you will know. You will know. Hallelujah. You will know. And if it's your flesh that is also leading you. You will know. Because once your flesh leaves. I'm telling you. You, go, you can't even sleep. If the spirit of God is involved. When you sleep. Your sleep will go you sleep and your eyes are open you'll be counting the ceiling hey, hey, hey. it's the flesh that is taking over but when god leads the way there is peace there is joy glory be to god so i said that your spirit acts as an antenna it is a spirit that quickness is the spirit that uh, the flesh does not profit anything your spirit when it gains the ascendancy asks as a prophetic signal or a prophetic antenna that picks prophetic signals that is why when they were ministering to the Lord and fasted they could hear that the Lord amongst the names that were mentioned Barnabas, Simeon, Lukias, Nigab you understand all the names that were mentioned how come it was Saul, that is Paul, the apostle, and Barnabas, that were to be separated for a missionary journey. It was because their spirits were sensitive. Somebody who was so in tune with the spirit could pick that this is what God is saying. And I believe that during this 21 days and fasting and prayer period, the Lord will speak to us. Choose this one as a leader. Choose this one as a departmental head. Choose this one as a resident pastor. It shall happen in this house. I said it shall happen in this house. That is our journey this far. Very soon, we're going to be one year. And the Lord wants to appoint leaders over the various departments, over the various assignments in this house. And that is one of the reasons for this fasting. But don't just fast for fasting. Say, minister to the Lord. And add the fasting. Hallelujah. And as you minister to the Lord, he will minister back to you. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. This house. As we embark on this 21-day journey, it shall become... Not a religious assignment, but periodically, year after year, we will set those times aside and we'll call it times of refreshing.